This is Maxi Contenti, the director of The Last Matinee, and you're hearing the Horror Squad podcast. to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 243. Tonight we're talking about The Phantom of the Opera from 1925. I'm your co-host Todd. We have Joe. We have Steve. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. You know, it's uh, Labor Day, the day we're uh, recording this, so an extra day, you know, an extra vacation day is always good. And now I'm prepping for my trip to Florida with Joe, which uh, we're going to next week for Halloween Horror Nights and make you not-so-scary Halloween party which means two things. One, got to get my shit in gear and you know start packing early so I'm not like every single fucking time I leave packing at like 2 a.m. and with 10.30 p.m. Walmart trip with stuff that I forgot about. And I have to watch those HHN movies, you know, so there's just to be refreshed on the IPs that they're using for their houses. So that'll be my assignment for the week. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. I'm not going that as crazy as Steve, but I am watching the Harry Potter franchise because I've never seen one single Harry Potter movie. So I'm through two so far, one and two. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, can't believe it. Never seen Harry Potter, but uh, I will say I enjoyed one better than two so far on my journey. (laughs) They get a lot darker. Do they? So the the way it worked is that the first one was kind of for kids. And instead of making them all for kids, she uh, kind of wrote for the audience of that first generation. So if you were 10 when you read the first one, you were 12 when you wrote the second, 14. So there, she's writing for 10, 12, 14. So by the end, she's writing like for adults and it's really fucking dark. So yeah. And two's like probably my least favorite. So that's a probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fucking way too long, man. These movies are way too long too. They're all like <laughs> They're almost long. three hours long. I'm like, dang, dude. I was like, can we just like get to it um but you know I, I am enjoying it so far so you know they're they're entertaining enough but yeah other than that i'm ready to go too never experienced halloween horror nights before or mickey's halloween party so i'm really excited i've been like looking at some of like the i've been trying to avoid the facebook groups though because i feel like they're getting a little spoilery at this point so i've kind of put them on uh, pause but yeah i'm really excited i think i'm most excited probably for the michael myers halloween house at halloween horror nights and then Probably Black Phone. I'm really interested to see what they do with Black Phone. And then after that, like the IPs kind of go, like they, they don't have as many IPs this year. You got the Universal Monster one, which I'm it should be cool. But then they got the weekend, like of all people, which is like, okay. <laughs> Apparently these music videos are spooky. And then it's all originals. Uh, for the originals, they're doing a witch one. So I'm definitely most excited for that one. Yeah, awesome. What about you, Totter? Nothing. You know, Labor Day, we made some ribs on the on the barbecue. Went on like a drive through safari the other day. So we uh, fed some zebras and some emus. Those guys are crazy, man. The little, the birds, they look like fucking straight velociraptors. Like they're, they're very shady. Like, you know, they're hard to predict what they're going to do. So that was fun. Had some uh, cows and deer and all that shit. That was fun stuff. But I've never seen Harry Potter either. I've seen bits of part one where they're playing chess and then one where they're like driving in a bus and it shrinks or something. But, uh, that's about it. So yeah, I've never never got on the Harry Potter train myself either. Yeah, Joe Joe will definitely benefit from watching them because their Harry Potter parks are fucking amazing. Like the immersion of uh, their two Harry Potter parks is just insane. So yeah, it'll be. I've been to the park in um, 
the California location and I had a butter beer, but that's yeah, they still do. pretty much my extent of Harry Potter. <laughs> it was pretty cool, but it replaced, I forget what it replaced, but I was bummed out about it. Yeah. Uh, here, I think it replaced Jaws. So yeah, definitely a, a bummer there, but Jaws was also showing its age to be fair. Like I went the last, the last year it was there and I mean, it's cool because it's Jaws, but uh, you know, it definitely needed a, at the very least a refurb. So yeah, they could have upgraded it for sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Joe, we just got some crazy news. You want to tell our yes. audience what we just heard? Yeah. Very, very exciting for us here on, at the podcast because we were just informed that our Omri Cats screening has completely sold out. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. We can't thank all of you enough who have supported this event and will be coming. We're excited to see you all. And, you know, hopefully gain a lot more listeners and you know from this event it seems like it is going to be a big success the fact that the screening sold out in you know under two, just about two weeks and that was before i was even able to hang posters downtown or like really hand out flyers or anything so really just by posting in like a lot of hocus pocus groups and stuff like that and just you know posting um on our social medias we were able to sell out and that's amazing we still have a month and a half to go and now if you didn't make it to the screen, if you didn't get tickets to the screening, you can still come to the signing and meet us, the whole squad and Omri as well. You know, if you missed out on the screen, you can still come hang out and it'll be a great time. Yeah, I'm super psyched for it. And it's cool that we sold out. But like you said, there's still an opportunity for people to meet Omri. And also we have to remember that uh, we can also get some cool Hocus Pocus food at the event so looking forward to that as well that's from uh, the crypt which is a pop-up shop in salem and i gotta say kudos to joe because i think he posted that omri uh like one sheet on every single massachusetts facebook group that there is and there's not a single one that i think he missed every day i'd scroll down my facebook feed and it's like a hundred of these different groups that joe posted in so yeah, definitely a big part as to why we sold out so quickly. Straight social engineering it, dude. Nice job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just pure tenacity, pretty much on my yeah. part. I was just like, I it need I just like I need this sellout. Like when once we I found out that we were like over halfway sold out, like I was like, all right, I'm going in, I'm getting into gear here. Like we're we're gonna do this. So I'm just I'm so excited that we we're able to do it. And I, I'm excited now it's gonna be awesome. Like us hosting the the Q and A with Omri to a sold out you know, theater is going to be so cool. So how many seats uh, is that? 150. That's a lot of so, people. Yeah. 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 That's, be cool. so that's a lot. Yeah. A lot Get of people. Cheese, cheese um, dusted wings and then uh, host a Q&A event. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And I think we're going to work on getting this filmed. I'm really, I'm really going to try and then we can get it up on our uh, horror squad YouTube channel. So for those of you that can't make the Q&A part, we'll be able to see it on YouTube. So I, I think we're going to be able to make that happen. And also, I'm not going to officially announce it yet, but keep your eye out as a, a pretty big horror publication reached out and they are also going to be writing a little article up about the event. So stay tuned for that as well. Absolutely. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Good job, you guys. You guys are killing it. Yeah. Especially yeah. you, Joe, with your constant. I found like every, I really did find every single Hocus Pocus and Massachusetts like group, Facebook group I absolutely, I possibly could. Was <laughs> oh, that the Boston Knitting Club? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> All right. That's awesome, Joe. But before we get into the new segment, 
let's hear it from the man's own words, Omri, uh, for the event. It's me, Omri Katz, a.k.a. Max from Hocus Pocus. Just here to let you know I'm going to be in Salem, Massachusetts on October 22nd at the Silver Moon Comic Store starting at 1 p.m. I'm going to be signing some autographs and meeting fans and whatnot. And then after that, there's going to be a special screening and a Q&A hosted by the Horror Squad podcast at Cinema Salem. So I really look forward to seeing you guys there and don't miss it. Uh, and, and also, I, I cannot forget this because I don't want it to be overshadowed. Uh, our good friend Damien Maffei is also going to be doing a signing October 15th at Silver Moon Comics. So if you can't make the Omri event the week after on the 22nd, come see Damien. He is just such like an awesome, like genuine guy. And I want a good crowd for him as well. He's going to be signing a bunch of Haunt and Strangers merch. He'll also have some, uh, he's going to be a major character in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. So for you gamers, he's going to have some stuff from that as well. And uh, he's also really trying to push Trick or Treat Studios to get him uh, his Haunt devil figure in time for the event. So stay tuned. Maybe we can, uh, you know, get those out there uh, for you guys for the event as well. So hope to see you at least at one of our events. All right. So you guys ready for some horror news now? Yes, sir. All right. First bit of news here. I don't know who's seen it yet, but I certainly watched it. The Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey trailer released this week. There was a lot, of course, uh, a buzz about this one when the poster was first released. People were intrigued, excited, mortified. But the, the trailer is now out, so I want to hear it from, you know, I know Steve for sure, sorry, I don't know about Todd, but I'd like to hear your thoughts for those of you who did see it. I did, and it looks stupid as fuck, but it also <laughs> looks really cool, you know what I mean? Like, the premise is just ridiculous, you know, but it's exciting that they're going there, and I like the 100 Acre Wood thing, where it's all, like, decrepit, and Eeyore's grave, or something like that, I saw, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. I, I take it it's in public domain now, is that why they're making a movie? A horror, a freaking horror movie. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Fun fact: the, the reason Eeyore is dead because he's not public domain yet. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Because he came later. Yeah, I also watched it. Uh, I, you know, I expected it to look cool and stuff like that, but honestly, the trailer impressed me. It looked better than I expected. Uh, when I first heard the the thing, I thought it would be kind of a two B original type deal, where the idea is cool. And the poster's cool, but the execution is just absolute dog shit. Whereas the trailer actually looked like they put some effort into it. And I'm happy to see that. It actually looks really violent and gritty and dirty. And I, I can't fucking wait. I think it's something we absolutely have to cover on the podcast. And I, it's going to be one of those. It could be like one of those surprise films yeah. of the year, you know? So I'm looking forward to it. When's that? When's the ETA on that one again? We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's officially given in a release date yet. Yeah, for that one. Hopefully by the end of this year, though. And I agree with you guys. I think it looks super fun. It looks like cheesy as fuck, which I expected, obviously. But like, it actually looks like it's like competently made, like and like pretty well put together for a movie like of this caliber. So yeah, I I think it definitely has potential to be like one of the better cheesy like B movies of the year for sure. Yeah, banana uh, splits right. vibes for sure. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. What was that other one, too? There was another one. Oh, wow, Willy's Wonderland, sort of, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, uh, next bit of news here is the... Uh, Steve, did we talk about the movie club? I mean, we always talk about the movie club, but uh, is there specific <laughs> about it? Well, like, I know it was this weekend, right? It was on oh, this, yeah, this Friday. right. So, yeah, we, we just did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
which was because we did a vampire theme last month and it was a lot of fucking fun. I had so much fun doing those things. Our listeners are just, man, we laugh so much about all sorts of stuff. And we actually all agreed on our review of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So what I'm going to say is going to be one of my what watch. Uh, what I'm going to say in that was pretty much how everyone felt about it. And it was it was surprising. I will say that much. Uh, we started the kind of suggestions for the September movie club, right? The theme for September is Tubi. So it has to be something that's on Tubi. And uh, that's closing this week. And then we're going to vote on which movie we're going to pick. So looking forward to see what we watch this month. And if you'd like to join, it's easy. Just ask us for a Discord link. It's absolutely free. And then just join on. It's usually the last Friday of each month. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, the reason I mention that as well is because it's a great segue into my next uh, bit of news here, which is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot, which was announced a couple of years ago. It was supposed to be uh, a reboot and uh, a television series. Well, it has officially been put on quote unquote pause. Now, does that mean maybe one day it will get remade or is that just going to be the uh, nail in the coffin? pun intended oh, it's <laughs> for the it's Buffy. probably dead <laughs> for the Buffy the Vampire series we shall see but for those of you who are looking forward to it I suppose sorry <laughs> but yeah, I agree Todd I think it's probably we probably won't see it for a decade if not longer yes. if they're gonna do it all righty next bit of news here is yeah I kind of am surprised I haven't talked about this yet because this is like a massive story that leaked a few weeks ago and that is the strangers of course damien signing once again i'm gonna keep like plugging the shit out of that of course too but the big news that came out of like nowhere is that there are currently three new stranger movies in production starting this month uh, uh like completely just like out of le- left field i did reach out to damien for comment about it and he said he has nothing to do as of now with this new iteration. He hasn't heard like anything about it, hasn't been approached or anything. The other, only other thing I can really tell you about this is that Rennie Harlan has been chosen to direct at least one of these new three films. Will he direct all three? I guess we'll see. But Rennie Harlan, probably best known for um, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? I, f- I think he definitely, he directed what, four, I think, or two? Was it two? I can't remember. Oh, Steve's two. giving me the- I thought, okay. I thought it was two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he definitely directed one of the sequels. I can't remember. That's but that's probably definitely what he's best known for. Die but, Hard uh, Two, Elm Street Four, Deep Blue Sea, Cliffhanger. He's got some good movies. Oh, uh, that's right. He it's does. D- yeah. Die Hard Two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got some good stuff uh, in there. So I mean, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think about this? I think this is like a really interesting development that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need more strange movies. But on the other hand, I think it could be like a really fun franchise at the same time. So they're in production or they're in like development? They're in pre-production. Like they're Supposedly they're supposed to, based on the rumors, they're supposed to go into production this month. Hmm. I wonder if they're just going to plug them out for, you know, low ass budgets for potential turnover. I don't know. Cause those aren't going in the theater. So it's like, it's weird. It's weird that they're having three of them, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Stuff that Damien's not getting out there. His agent needs to call him up. See what's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm curious about the rights on this because why would three separate projects be made at the same time? Like, is there, are the rights like 
public or what like what's going on someone like an amityville type situation where everyone can make maybe a they're shooting all three back to back maybe it's like just three new ones that are from what i saw there they, they seem to be all separate from each other hmm. which is super weird yeah kind of like a fear street thing where they shot three of them but that just yeah that, 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 that could be cool but i think this is like really just three different projects if i remember from the article it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one for sure yeah, well, we'll definitely keep you guys updated on this. I'm also interested to see, like, considering they're releasing all, like, they're making all three at once. Like, are they going to release all three back to back to back? Or are they going to, like, wait a year in between? Maybe release all three at once and do, like, a triple feature a la Grindhouse style where they did the double feature. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> but we'll see and we'll keep you guys updated for sure. The other big piece of news that has come out recently is another saw movie that's right ladies and gentlemen we are going to be getting another installment into the saw franchise this time the smart way releasing in october rather than the last one i think which released in january of all of all random times but uh this one will be uh, ready in time just in time for next halloween season october 27th 2023 as far as details not much out there as far as plot synopsis who's going to be coming back this is the 10th movie in the saw franchise though so hopefully they go all out that's a big number we'll see will tobin be back who knows but we're getting a 10th saw i i don't think they're gonna follow the chris rock thing though i think they're kind of abandoning that and hello detective <laughs> i hope they don't follow that, that movie's poopy they'll probably find some like Oh shit, Tobin made another VHS tape that we, we, we just found. But uh, I'm all about it, man. I love the Saw series and bring them on. So the director, I think it's the director, posted a picture online to kind of announce this project and he's standing next to a spiral. So I think there's mm. some kind of involvement like with the last one. Now maybe it's just tying them together somehow. Maybe Chris Rock is going to be the first victim. I don't know. You know, to kind of like finish off that series, but I think there's some kind of tie-in to the previous one. Uh, I don't know what that is. They haven't said anything, but and I, I think I also read that they're trying to get the main stars back, you know, the ones that they can. So Tobin Bell specifically. So we'll see how they do that. Dr. Gordon's still around, right? Wasn't he a disciple in part seven? Seven, seven. at the end. Yeah, at the end of seven. So that's definitely possible. Right. Get, yeah, get him back in it. Um, mm -hmm. Did the, uh, cool. the bad guy, the young detective, he lived in spiral right at the end yeah he gets away mm -hmm. gotcha yeah cool. well we'll see well so friend uh the uh, franchise producers uh, gave a little quote to touch on this and all he said was uh we have been listening to what the fans have been asking for and are hard at work playing a movie that saw aficionados and horror fans alike will love I mean, what else would you really say? But I mean, we'll see, you know, and uh, we'll keep you guys up to date, obviously. That's why, with, uh, that's the... why we partnered with Tubi Originals to release this. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Another bit of new movie news here as the eighth movie in the Paranormal Activity franchise is also going to be hitting a... 2020 release i don't know if it's going to hit theaters or if this is going to be another straight to dvd type release here but um they are currently eyeing uh, a 2023 release on this one according to the producers paranormal activity 8 will return to the original storyline and yeah that's really all we know for sure so i'm assuming you know maybe we'll get katie back 
Katie Micah storyline or something like that. I mean, we'll see. I kind of liked when they branched off and went something totally different a la um, the Marked ones, which I thought was one of the better ones they've done. I would like to see more like that rather than just going back to the same well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, hopefully the directors know that it is a, a paranormal activity movie this time because the last one, it's like they picked a movie that was completely random and just decided to slap paranormal activity on it and say, oh, yeah, this is a new paranormal paranormal activity film. It's actually decent too, but it had nothing to do with that series whatsoever. So hopefully they go back to the formula. But I agree with you. I think Marked Ones was really cool. Um, even the, the other one, the one before it, I forget what the subtitle was. The one that's like in Mexico um, was pretty good as well. So, the, you know, mm-hmm. th- there could be some potential there. But I don't think they're going to go back to Katie and Micah. It's too 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 far away, and you know it's like kind of Toby Bell situation. They've been dead for so long that yeah, getting creative ways to bring them back is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, horror fans rejoice because if you've never had the opportunity, well, actually none of us have ever had this opportunity because for the first time ever, trick or, or trick our treat, trick or treat, however however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, is going to be coming to theaters. For the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, on Thursday, October 6th uh, at uh, all Regal Cinema locations. So uh, if you want to see Trick or Treat on the big screen, now is your chance. Ooh, Regal, cool. Regal's killing it. I got that on the dead ticket, 3D on yeah. the 30th of October. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Did anyone see Jaws? I know they just did Jaws this weekend, too, uh, no. in 3D. Yeah. Did I read this? I thought Regal just went bankrupt like two weeks ago. <laughs> At least they do, they declared bankruptcy. Am I am I wrong in that? It's something I thought I, I read. I mean, I didn't. Hear it's that. possible. It's possible, but you can still like declare bankruptcy, but still be in business, right? Like a lot of companies have done it. So it's just <laughs> like, like it's just Scott a way to like, like yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so exciting news there. Uh, just a couple more stories here. Nope, two question mark. Nah, leave it. Leave it alone. <laughs> Well, uh, Jordan Peele has come out recently to say that he does not, uh, the story of a certain character has not been told yet, and he would like to expand on the Nope universe. The character in question is Mr. Nobody, and he was was never, he never made the final cut of the movie, but he can be seen prominently in the first Nope trailer. He's walking uh, down the street, but you never see him in the movie, and apparently... He is a character that Peel really wants to address and develop. Now, you know, it's not anything de- definitive or anything like that. Nothing's in production or anything. But the, uh, you know, the, I guess the plant, the seed has been planted for a potential Nope two down the road. So talking about Nope is like saying, sending out the bat signal for Sam. Like right. Oh, okay. I know. She just. I know. She just came out. <laughs> she heard nope. She ran. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I don't know. Like. I guess we'll see. I don't know. Right. We don't know what that character is really like. Does he have a cool backstory? I, I just prefer to do. I, I like Peel doing these completely different movies every time. So the the idea that he's going to start revisiting stuff is like not as in- interesting to me than him just keep turning out completely original ideas. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I agree. If anything, I would love to see, uh, see Stephen Young's character because I thought he was the highlight for me, and we didn't get enough of him. But yeah, Gordy's yeah. home prequel. Oh man, that was cool. That little <laughs> child actor, he was really good. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and I agree with you. I actually said the exact same thing to Sam today when I was talking to her about this. Is that 
I like Peel's original stuff, and uh, you know, I I want to see like more on the original side rather than sequels. So, uh, but we'll keep you guys up to date if a sequel does happen. We'll cover it and let you guys know about it. So, all right. And the last bit of hard news tonight I wanted to touch on was Freeform did announce uh, their 31 Nights of Halloween, which is usually the kickoff you know, for the beginning of all the new spooky season stuff. Now, of course, they are going to play Hocus Pocus 100 times, and they're going to be playing it on October 22nd. Now, of course, none of you are going to be seeing it on October 22nd because you're going to be at our event in Salem that night. So, you know, make sure you boycott that. No one watch it that night. So they're going to be premiering also uh, a few new movies this year. First and foremost, Halloween 2018, which is pretty cool. Also, they're going to be premiering Get Out for the first time, A Quiet Place, uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you, two two of Todd's all-time favorites, I know. And, of course, the 1992 original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So a couple of new fun ones. And also this year, they are doing something called Pup and Knowledge. Now, for those of you who know, of course, Pup of Video VH, from the VH1 days, uh, they are doing a couple of Pup and Knowledges for Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, and Beetlejuice, uh, and those will be on October 16th, 17th, and 18th. So yeah, if uh, you know the full schedule, you can find over on Freeform's social medias and website. But there you go, and that is it for hard news this week. Very cool. What you guys think about the Wednesday Adams trailer? Did we ever talk about that? I think we talked about without you. Uh, yeah, we talked about last ago. week without you. Yeah, well, I thought it looks great. Well, though. fine. Well, you were late. <laughs> I wasn't late. Joe was early. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do no, you think it look, about it? it it looks cool man like i'm into yeah. it she plays such a good she's a good actress dude. i'm really excited to see more she's great yeah she's great all right we got what watched yes i got one that i've been itching to talk about let me pull it up real quick and this one is a fucking nightmare uh it's 2022's the requin and it's a uh, great white shark and that's not you know i this movie, man, it's over on um, Amazon Prime. Not for free, though. And I rented it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but it stars Alicia Silverstone. And I don't know if it's like she was just like the 90s it girl and she was cute and bubbly. So we looked past her acting ability or she's just phoning it in. But she is terrible in this movie. Like everything about it is bad. Not only her, it's her, her husband, the CGI, the green screen. The green screen's like something you would do in like a high school film class. Like you throw up a green screen and then you find something that looks like oh yeah this looks like the ocean let's put it there premises um some people are on like a island kind of hut thing that like kind of overlooks the water hurricane comes in no one thinks to get off the fucking beach in a hurricane but they don't somehow the fucking house rips apart and is able to float perfectly in the ocean so it floats out in the ocean and then we wait like an hour and five minutes before a shark comes it's terrible. There's a lot of relationship drama in it. Uh, like I said, all the effects are, are just awful. There are some cool like severed legs and stuff and severed limbs and things like that. But overall, this movie is easily the worst one of 2022. It's got a budget and the director has a lot of things under his belt. It's a, a foreign director. But man, I do not watch this. Even if you're a shark movie guy, it's it's fucking bad. So the requin, I don't even know what the requin means. It's shark but in French. Le the shark <laughs> there you go the, le the shark whatever you want it's currently on a uh, letterbox is a 1.1 so that's a fucking terrible rating i give it a half star it's awful don't watch it all right my first one tonight is david cronenberg's newest movie crimes of the future uh this one stars uh vigo mortensen as well as Kristen stewart 
This one is fucking, man, talk about a bizarre ass movie. So basically, oh man, I don't even know exactly how to explain this one, but essentially like we're in a, like a post apocalyptic future where like body surgery is like the new art and essentially Viggo Mortensen's character has found a way to be able to grow new organs out of his body and they you know he's able to continuously grow organs so they can perform perform surgeries on him <laughs> and yeah and like man it's like it gets it just gets weirder from there but basically what they say is that like surgery is the new sex like they don't have regular sex anymore and like performing these surgeries is provides like sexual gratification for everyone and like that's basically the entire story like it's you know there's not much else going on here besides that um it's just like a lot of really weird body horror and stuff like that you know they uh, Viggo Mortensen is continuously trying to push the limit at one point you know they want to perform an uh, an autopsy on like a child that basically like has they like find out he has like some sort of uh, special uh, biomechanical like thing in him that is supposed to like save the planet dude this movie is so fucking weird and i i don't even i don't even know if i fully understood it honestly like i'm i'm having a trouble trouble explaining it because it's fucking out there like it's really fucking out there but i like enjoyed it like for you know i don't know exactly what i watched but it was like entertaining like while i watched it but like i don't think it's like a horror movie like at all like this is like just straight and pure like science fiction there is some really cool like body horror elements to it but it's not like going to make my top 10 for horror or anything but i do think it's definitely watch worth a watch if you're a cronenberg fan like you know what you're going to be getting into um with this but i think this is one of his weirdest movies he's ever done uh at the same token weird enough that i think it's worth a watch now some people are absolutely going to fucking hate this movie i already know it um because it's so fucking ambiguous and weird in its messaging but i'd say check it out (laughs) what's the weirdest thing he grows like we're talking like buttholes on his forehead or just like extra no he just he just grows yeah like just like yeah like random shit like like kind of like tumors almost like he grows like tumors inside of his body like he's in constant pain and like he has to like be in this like weird like machine that's kind of like connected by it almost looks like like body parts like and it's like plugs into it's fucking man it's out there that's all i can say (laughs) awesome so my first one this week is from 1992 and is buffy the vampire slayer which i watched over on disney plus so this one uh, follows a uh, young woman by the name of buffy summers she's a cheerleader at a school and she's preparing to like to organize this big dance for the ozone layer. Remember when that was the thing? And uh, meanwhile, a character called Merrick that's played by Donald Sutherland comes in and tells her that her birthright is that she needs to hunt vampires and kill them. So he tries to convince her that she needs to do that and eventually convince her that she does. And she has to fight uh, legions of vampires that are led by Lothos, played by Rudger Hauer, and his assistant, Amelin, played by Paul Rubens. And then there are other vampires as well. One played by David Arquette. And she has a new boyfriend with Lou Perry. And that's basically the plot of the movie. Uh, I'm actually the one who suggested it for the movie club. 
I didn't think it'd win, but I'm the one who suggested because I remembered it uh, really fondly. My sister used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. And that was actually the consensus with everyone that uh, we reviewed on the movie club is that we all remember it very fondly. And unfortunately, we all agree, man, this movie does not fucking hold up whatsoever. It's, it's, I mean, it's not terrible or anything. There's some fun to be had, but the acting is cringy on the most part. The story's kind of dumb. There's some really creepy shit in this movie. Not like, oh, vampires look cool. They're creepy. No, I mean, like Donald Sutherland goes into the women's bathroom and kind of stalks Buffy and they're all underage and stuff, which is creepy. And then there's a scene where Buffy lies down on Rutger Hauer in the middle of the night in her nighty and stuff like that. It's just really cringy shit uh, that I guess I didn't notice when I was a kid, but seeing it now as an adult, I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, I think the uh, really the best part about this movie is Paul Rubens. He's super funny as the assistant vampire, and I love Rutger Hauer, so that's also a really cool uh, performance there. But overall, uh, this movie did not do it for me, and that was kind of the consensus is that it doesn't hold up. So that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer from Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's been a while, and I have fond memories too. And I remember her, though, in the beginning cheerleading thing, her not being in sync with any of the actual professional dancers. I was like, wow, they didn't even try. But <laughs> pretty brutal. All right. My next one is 1983's From the Netherlands. It's called The Lift, directed by a uh, director named Dick Moss. More Dick for the Spanish speakers. Yeah, this one, uh, I decided to watch it because my buddies, they went to horror trivia and this, the tagline for this is one of the questions uh, that they ended up missing. So I'm like, I'm gonna give this a watch. But basically like this follows a elevator repairman and he gets a call, you know, go to this like uh, business center because this fucking elevator's fucking up. So like long story short, it's like full of elevator repairman like drama it's fucking strange. They focus on it. Like they're at the workplace. They're talking about checks. They're talking about work. And it's like really strange that of all things, like I can see like when there's like, you know, there's a fraternity, like for policemen and firemen, things like that. But it was just strange seeing like a elevator repair company being like all like rah, rah about repairing lifts and stuff like that. They're really into it. Um, he's having marital problems. His kid's a little asshole. And this elevator, meanwhile, is killing people. It um, This blind dude is walking up to the elevator. So the elevator lifts up. So it just exposes the, the fucking empty uh, tunnel or whatever it's called. And he falls to his death. <laughs> it seals off and it um, cuts off the air supply to some people. So they like uh, pass out and things like that. If they would have leaned into the ridiculousness of a sentient slash computer slash crazy elevator it would have been a lot better it's still a lot of fun but they should have cut out like the marital problems the fraternity of fucking uh elevator repairmen stuff like that and just leaned into this ridiculousness there's so many drawn out scenes like they go to a professor and he talks about computer chips for like 10 minutes and this guy's just gushing over like technology and how computer chips are changing the world and they're small and they're getting smaller i'm like what does this have to do with the haunted elevator let's get back to that um but overall pretty fun um that's over on tubi 1983's The Lift. Alrighty. My last one tonight is a Shudder uh, original titled They Live in the Gray. Now, this one is about a, uh, a woman who has, she sees dead people, essentially. Very Sixth Sense-esque in a lot of ways. And she's been kind of stalked by them her whole life. 
And she starts, she's a social worker and she goes over to check out a case of child abuse. And she finds out that essentially this child is being abused by a ghost. She's also dealing with um, the loss of her own child um, in this movie as well. And I'm going to leave it at that because there's like a lot of twists and turns in this movie that you don't see coming, honestly. Now, you know, I think overall, like there was a, a... decent effort here and like there were moments of like greatness there's some great you know scares however this movie's over two hours long which is just way too long for a movie like this and just it it continuously just found found myself bored and it dragged uh several times also the the vibe is just like so off in this movie it almost feels like uh like four completely different movies um you know and it's frustrating because i at times, I was like, this movie is 100% going to make my top 10. But as it is, it all just completely falls apart in the final act. And I hated the final act. So I still think it's worth a one-time watch. Because I do think there's some really good stuff here here and there. But as far as greatness, unfortunately, it falls short. Is that a 2022 film, though, Joe? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So my last one this week is also a uh, Shutter film. It's a 2022 film as well, and it's called Watcher. So in this one, a girl and her boyfriend move to Romania, which is where his family is from, because he has a job there. And you know they just start moving into this apartment, and she doesn't have a job there, but he does. You know it's an important job, and it's kind of a fish out of water story where she doesn't speak the language, she doesn't understand the culture. He's always at work, so he's not really there helping her too much with the translations or kind of, you know, what to do. And all of a sudden, she's looking out the window and she notices someone from an apartment on the other side of the street just staring at her. And she thinks it's creepy and weird, but, you know, kind of thinks nothing of it. But then, you know, another night she goes back and he's still there in the window, like just staring at her and starting to creep her out. And from there, it just kind of falls more and more where this guy is essentially stalking her through the cities or uh, through like the Romanian town. And she's getting freaked out about it. She doesn't know what to do. Meanwhile, she keeps like calling the cops and sending her boyfriend over to see what's going on. And it's kind of ruining that guy's life. And it's sort of becomes a thing. Like, is he actually doing something malicious or is there something else behind it? Now I won't reveal that because that's kind of the whole point of the movie. Uh, I think the movie is actually pretty good. It's a lot of tension, especially if, you know, this is having weird dudes follow you. Like, you know, I know a lot of women have to face that constantly. And I can see how that could be triggering, you know, having that just this weird guy always being around you and possibly wanting to hurt you. Uh, There's also a side story where there's a serial killer out and he's cutting people's head off. So she thinks, you know, he might be doing the same thing to her because she kind of matches the kind of victims that are, you know, in that town. And it's a slow burn for sure. You know, it's really kind of a slow descent into her mind and also him kind of popping up more and more. And I think the ending is okay. It's not the greatest ending, but overall, I think it's a good story. The main actress, uh, her name's Maka Monroe, is fucking fantastic like she really carries this movie for most of it so that's uh you know it's a, it's a tough feat you know there's a lot of scenes where it's just her kind of hanging out 
trying to figure out you know Romanian life and she does a great job of it so I would recommend checking it out it's called Watcher over on Shutter. Watcher never even knew her huh? office reference anybody Huh? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All, right, All right, trivia. Trivia. All right, so the quarter is as follows. Steve with a one-point lead at 10. Joe and I each tied at nine. Oh, this is a tight race, people. This is a tight race. Who would like to lead off today? I'll go. All right. Which very famous actor makes a cameo as a basketball player in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie? Very famous actor. Mm-hmm. Actor. Cameo. Basketball player. Boy. Is it a male or female? Can you give me a hint on that? Yeah, male. A male. Okay. Male. Okay. Very famous. Mm-hmm. What year was this? Uh, what year was Buffy? 92. 92. Um, I have no clue. Joe, any idea? <sighs> um Brad Pitt. No. Uh there are actually a lot of like actors that uh had super small parts in this that became famous. Ricky Lake, um, you had <laughs> Seth Green, you had um what was the other one I was thinking about? Uh Thomas Jane. There's a it's like super weird. They're all like in the movie and they weren't famous at the time. But the one I was looking for is a very young and unknown at the time, Ben Affleck. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And I, I kept looking for him because I knew he. I saw like the trivia before, and I'm like, oh, oh, is that him in the background? Is that no? You like fucking super clearly see him. He has, <laughs> he, he has a scene when one of the basketball players becomes a vampire, and he he like, he, like howls at him while he has the ball. He's like, no, it's all yours, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> that's the scene that he's in. So super that's interesting. Fun. Yeah. Go, I thought right. for sure you guys knew that. I don't know. No, not at all. It's been a while since I've seen it. And, and I made sure not to like talk about it during my review. I was like very conscious of not saying it. Go ahead. Jeff. All right, I'll go next. All right. Uh, so, Phantom of the Opera related trivia. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> let me hold on. Let me trigger my t- 1925 memory. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, this famous composer would go on Andrew to make the infamous. Yes, correct. Jesus, <laughs> disqualified because he didn't get the question out. No, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> we, we, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because the movie came out before he was born, but missing that score was like, oh damn, because I really like that score. So it was like, it's, you know, it's like a complaint about something that I can't complain about because he just obviously he wasn't alive for it at the time, but. All right, I'm going to need closest Ooh. within one. You can go over or under. From Kayla. Saw was filmed in how many days? The first one? Correct. Let's go 14. 14. 25. 25. Both are over the threshold. It was 18 oh. days. Wow. And she Crazy. said there are no exterior shots in the film because the production couldn't afford them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I gotta rewatch that. It's been a while. It's a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, that's that's a series I'd like to, you know, binge at some point. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Another Phantom of the Opera oh. <laughs> related question. <laughs> Who played the Phantom in the 2004 version of Phantom Robert England? Wrong. Gerard Damn. Butler. Correct. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
opposite. Patrick, I, I actually Patrick enjoy Wilson. that one. That's yeah, right. It's, 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 yeah, it's really good. Actually. Oh, yeah. 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 Patrick Wilson and Gerald Butler going at it. Emmy Ro- and Emmy that's Rossum. Cool. Emmy Rossum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good cast. It's probably my favorite cast. version of Phantom of the Opera, I think, as far as the movie goes. Mm-hmm. All right. Tagline. This, this one's actually, one of you guys will get this one. The tagline is Harry's out to steal your heart. Um, my bloody Valentine. Correct. Yay. No. Sweet. Okay. Let's see which one do I want to do. It's a Todd original. All right. Four clues. Four mm. clues. This is one of the clues. Henry portrait of a serial killer. Clue number two. Eating a lot. Number three. Uh, can I, can I uh, guess her? Yeah. Slither. Slither's correct. Nice. nice. <laughs> uh, number three would have been Space Slugs, and then the final one would have been James Gunn. I got what you were putting down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 um, when I was in line at Fan Expo, um, Michael Rucker was the line next to where I was for Charlie Hunnam, and I stood in that line two and a half hours. So I just watched him Jeez. interact with fans for two and a half hours. He oh, stayed the whole, he stayed the whole time, and he was super fucking animated. Yeah. Like he's jumping over the table, he's hugging people, <laughs> he's joking, he's making funny faces. He was on. When I met him, he wasn't on at all. He was kind of pissy, but uh, it, it could have been just a bad day, you know. But he was yeah, maybe really he's, maybe he's embraced fun. it. Oh yeah, he's been having a lot of fucking fun. So it was good to see. Yeah, him. I met him around twenty seventeen ish, and he was really really nice too. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, just he, had a rough day. Yeah, well, he wasn't mean or anything. It's just he was just kind of like, eh. yeah. Yeah, I'm um, here to sign shit. Yeah, basically. Okay, so I'm just gonna put a little warning on this one. You're only allowed one guess each. Okay. Just because there aren't a lot of options. Okay. All right. Lon Chaney was the first choice to star in another Universal monster movie as the titular character. Which one? So there Dracula. are. It's correct. Uh, um, all right. He was tapped to play Dracula. But he passed away before the movie was filmed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's crazy because you look at pictures of him and he looks like an old man. So I'm like, how old was he? Fucking 47. 40. Ew. I'm like, Eight. God damn, that's like not far from me. <laughs> well, it's also yeah, it's 25 years ago. is yeah, <laughs> yeah, way different 47, but life expectancy was a little lower. Yeah. I wonder what uh if Bella Lugosi would have been famous had he not started Dracula because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Never know. Mm-hmm. All righty. My turn? Three. Oh, no. no, I think it's me. Three letterboxed reviews. Oh, yes. Guess the movie. Number one. Hot siblings alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. That could go in really. Right. <laughs> Number two. I honestly don't see the big deal. He's just hungry. He's just hungry. Hot siblings. And alert. number three. This one will be the giveaway. Okay. I watched this. With my peepers. Jeepers Creepers? Jeepers Creepers. Mm. Okay, so Darian, his sister. Hot. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. My turn, All right? Mm-hmm. You guys want a four clue or do you want a standard question? Which, whichever. Four clue. Four clue it is. Thank you, Joe, for participating in my question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, clue number one. Doctor. Hmm. Clue number two. Photographer. Saw? Saw, correct. Nice. I, I had you saw after doctor, that. but I didn't want to. That was yeah. good. All right. Let's count them points. Well, 
Steve maintains his lead at 13. Joe and I both got two apiece, so we remain tied at 11 apiece. And I'm just going to put a little asterisk on that. Spoiler alert, we recorded next week's episode before this episode, so oh, the, the points won't match. <laughs> um, so just letting that out there. Just so go with it. Just go with it, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just the way it had to be because of me and Joe being gone in Florida, so there you go. Little inside baseball there. That's funny. Yeah. And what what are we in a year then? Uh, let me add those to the year bracket real quick. Two, two, I, three. I like to give you math. Two, two. Well, I got the automatic math here. Okay, <laughs> I am I am still in the lead with forty seven. Joe Rapiami forty five. You at forty, Steve. All right. I'm I think you had a rough. You had a rough um, summer two months ago. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. Uh, three weeks back to back with only one point each. Yeah, that, that was my COVID period. Yeah, he just fucking <laughs> slow-brained it up. Yeah, I, I couldn't think. All right. You got Phantom? Yep. Right, let me pull this bad boy up real quick. All right, Phantom of the Opera, directed by Rupert Julian, 1925. A grotesquely dis- disfigured composer known as the Phantom haunts Paris's open opera house, where he's secretly grooming Christine Day to be an opera diva. During her luring her to his remote underground lair, the Phantom declares his love, but Christine loves Raoul de Chagny and plans to elope with him. When the Phantom learns this, he abducts Christine. So a silent film, you got a score here, you got title cards uh, explaining what's going on, so that's fun. Yeah, this one, basically what the letterbox um, synopsis says right here, you got an opera house that everyone goes to because, you know, theater was huge back then, right? Um, you have this fucking legend of the Phantom where, like, the stagehands and the actors and actresses are like, hey, do you guys see the Phantom? At first, he's kind of like, is this a real guy? Is it we just... Is everyone just fucking around? Are they seeing stuff? Uh, you see little silhouettes of him in his little hat. And then they look over there and he disappears. So cool stuff like that. But then we start seeing more stuff. We have a bunch of letters being written by the Phantom that gets delivered to these dudes, which in the beginning I thought was hilarious where they're selling the opera to these rich guys. And then they, they sign the paper and they're like, oh, by the way, this fucking place is haunted. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, it was so funny that they didn't tell them that right away. I thought it was really cool. But yeah, so we're following Christine around and she's like this hot, young, hot uh, opera girl. And she, uh, the Phantom, whose name is Eric, which is completely like just random, like not scary at all. His name's fucking Eric. He lives in like the depths and the bowels of the opera house, which is like kind of magic because it's like fucking nine stories deep and it's got like, grand cathedrals and it's got really cool like it's got big old beds and it's got all this trap doors and shit so he's living down there he's sneaking around uh he he leaves notes like literally when he's in the same room as somebody he's hiding in a fucking like a cupboard or something and like the dudes turn around and he fucking puts a note out there and then goes back to his hiding spot and they read it and they start freaking out so it's really funny but overall like uh, my initial thoughts were this is a really cool period piece and it's a really cool history lesson of, of film um is it going to be for everybody absolutely not especially you know silent film it's pretty rough but overall i enjoyed it especially the second time around it's been a um, i watched this one in the theaters and the crowd just sucked back then in 1925 like it was just like there was no concessions no popcorn it was just like not good but yeah the second time around uh it was pretty cool so Phantom Opera, I watched it on Amazon Prime, but I also, I, I, this is everywhere. I think you guys watched it somewhere else too, right? Yeah. I watched it on Screenbox because my subscription isn't expired yet. So ah. I can watch it on there as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Initial reaction. So, I mean, I loved 
like I love the story of Phantom of the Opera. I've seen the Broadway musical a couple of times. I've seen the newer iterations of the movie, but I don't think I've ever seen this original Phantom besides like certain scenes and like obviously images of uh, the Phantom unmasked. So yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, the story is pretty similar besides obviously the ending it gets a little bit uh, very different which we can talk about but man, overall I, I i actually like really enjoyed this it's, it really is just like such like a you know it feels like i like time traveled you know to another time you know watching this movie i mean the movie's almost 100 years old i mean i can't remember the last time i, I watched a silent movie i mean it's been forever i mean nosferatu is probably the, the last one i ever watched and that was a long time ago so it was like really interesting. It was really cool. You could just like, I just like was taken back to like what this must have been like. Back, like going to a movie was like uh, an absolute like experience, you know, back then. And I can't imagine like what the budget for this movie must have been because like it feels really big for a movie like that was made a hundred years ago. Like the set pieces are like really impressive. Like, I don't know if they filmed it like at an actual opera house at times or whatever. I mean, I really haven't like done uh, a deep dive into like how this was all done, but what really impressed me the most was the use of colors, like for a movie like this, like, you know, like when you go to the Phantom's Lair, it's green. And like, you know, when you're outside, they use like purples and they use like oranges. So like, it's always it's never like the same and it, you can like and it changes like the feel of the movie and i thought that was amazing you know they they were able to use tricks like that um back then so i, I that was like that super impressed me lon cheney's portrayal of the phantom is terrifying um especially like his unmasked version i found it really interesting that you know in like the andrew once the andrew lloyd weber one came out like the phantom is is kind of a sympathetic character um they portray him as whereas this one he's not a sympathetic character at all like he's just like pure fucking evil like the majority of the movie and the phantom would 100 percent be canceled these days because he is fucking about as abusive of a, a per, of, as like a partner in a relationship that can be he's about he's toxic as fuck um so i thought that was really interesting too i'm like how have they not canceled the phantom like even andrew lloyd's webbers at this time like i feel like it's really problematic like when you when you look at it like he's like groomed like this young woman and like is like super abusive to her and stuff like that and then people like think it's like this beautiful love story where it's really like it's really not it's just like this really fucked up uh situation but yeah, I'll leave it at that. I have a lot more to say, honestly, but I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, uh, this is the first time that I watched it as well. I have seen pieces of it in the past, but the first time I actually sit down and watch the whole thing in one shot. To what you said, Joe, about the colors, was that actually the way they showed it in 1925? Because I think that might be part of the restoration. Because It I don't very think, well could be. Yeah, I don't. There, there's a scene that's in color when you see him as the Red Death. And I don't see, think that, that on the version I watched, they what okay, see, happen. yeah, see that, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. I feel there are different restorations, and because it's a public domain thing, there could be mm -hmm. different versions. So, that's yeah, so that, that could be a thing too, right? I don't know how much of that. Sure, I, I was curious about that too, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but also, that's one of your questions. No, this was 100% a set. Uh, in fact, part of the set is still uh, there today. They're, they're so afraid that they're going to break it if they move it that they just left it like in peace as part of the theater. So that's uh, what happened with that. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it, like a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, when we did the vote for a Universal Monster movie, which is how we got here, I was convinced that uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon was going to win. 
And if you had asked me which one do you think has absolutely no shot, it was this one. <laughs> like, I didn't think anybody would vote for this one. And it was by far the, the most votes that we got for one of the movies. So it was very, very interesting in that regard. And there's a lot of good stuff about it. The makeup on Lon Chaney's uh, Phantom is just crazy to think that they did that in 1925. And there's a whole thing where he, they didn't show that makeup anywhere on the marketing. So that was a reveal that they did in theaters. And that must have been crazy to see something so grotesque on film. I don't think they had seen anything like that in 1925, you know? Uh, so it's there's a lot of great things like just to think back of that era there's I have a lot of like little notes about costuming uh, how I think monocles should make a comeback because they're really cool looking just it's just, but it, you're right it looks so grandiose and a big spectacle right which is like a theme in this movie and I enjoyed it uh, there's just but I do have a lot of notes because you're right you know the way he treats Christine is very bad uh, I like how he gives her one rule and she breaks it like immediately, like, almost without, you know, hesitation, just breaks every rule that he does. And he's surprised that she keeps breaking the rules. And I also think this movie, is this a ripoff of Beauty and the Beast? I, I wonder, like the story is very similar to Beauty and the Beast. I even had to look it up. What came first? So I mean, this, this was written Beauty and the Beast, right? No, no, uh, really. Th this was written in 1910 and Beauty and the Beast was written in 1740. Um, oh, okay yeah although, yeah so kind of is then for sure yeah they're, they're both in france it's about a girl who gets captured by a, a beast or a monster and then there's a guy who's trying to get her back and then there's the villagers that come and like you know it's, it's like basically being a beast that, when you that's look a, at it. that's a theme with all these movies though there's always like pitchforks there's always like let's right. burn the witch and it's a comp uh, hashtag though gaston wasn't wrong before we move on but uh <laughs> no that, that that was basically my overall thought i do have like specific thoughts but that was my I liked it a lot. Yeah, there's a ton of history on this. Just researching some of the stuff online, I guess several of the shots were shot in different kind of color and techniques. So that's kind of explains some of that stuff. But like, there's so many things that were lost to time that like they say just simply don't exist anymore, like certain shots and things like that. Um, it's said that Lon Chaney actually haunts that set still. And people have been killed on set trying to take it down. Is that true? Who knows? But they're saying, you know, just like the, you know, Walt Disney lives in an apartment in Disneyland still, like, they got Lon Chaney on this, this set, which is pretty fascinating. But you know what stuck out to me, though? Like, you guys mentioned his, uh, his, his face is, like, truly scary. Like, that was great. But he fucking put egg whites in his eyes to make him even scarier. I'm like, how is that? That is, one, gross, and two, it's, like, probably breaks a bunch of safety standards now. But back then, obviously, they didn't have a lot. But um, the, the stagehand guy towards the beginning, he had a really realistic severed head prop. Did you guys notice that? I was like, holy shit, did he murder somebody? Like, I thought that was like a, like a murder in the movie, but no, it was just a really good prop head. And I thought like, damn, these guys are really good at their craft back then. It was, it was insane. Oh, yeah. Like it, the, the makeup like on Lon Chaney blows my mind. Like for something that came out in 1925, like it looks like something they, they you would do today like in like a like a like a horror movie like it's fucking it's mind-blowing that they were able to just the makeup like i mean kudos to whoever that did the makeup on this he, i mean i'm sure they're credited he did it himself yeah wow that's fucking wild wow <laughs> talk about talent mm -hmm. that's crazy wow well he did amazing i mean lo it looks absolutely amazing yeah i got a couple notes here before i think steve dives into it because i think he has a lot more than i do 
yeah sets are awesome the underground shit is awesome it's cool but some things that were funny to me is like when he first takes her through like the uh, wardrobe glass thing her boyfriend like freaks out i'm like just fucking break the glass you idiot he's like trying to figure out how to how to move it around my favorite title card or whatever you want to call it uh when they're in like the heat room they're like heat intolerable heat i thought it was just fucking really funny every person at the end literally every person in that town is chasing eric and i thought that was so like unintentionally hilarious because everyone's just like let's fucking get them dude everyone's got like a they're sprinting they have like a really cool chase um and then they fucking beat him to death i thought that was so like it's like watching Jaws in 75 and people not having seen a movie like this. I can't imagine what that was going through their fucking heads. Like when he, when, when he's first revealed and he does like the point, like he points at her, that's fucking terrifying. And then when they beat this fucker to death at the end, I was like, holy shit. Like that was cool too. But those are mine other than his name being Eric. Like, come on, we gotta get something, <laughs> something more grand than that. I know. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like must've like fainted like in the theaters, like at the site of Lon Chaney when they first saw this. Like, I can't imagine, I wish I I could see, like there there had to have been just screaming and just people running out of the theater. Like, yeah. imagine, just, they didn't they didn't have stuff like this back then. Yeah. You know, like you see the stuff from like the Beatles when they first came and women were like fainting <laughs> yeah. and dude, imagine if they had a camera on the audience for this movie. Like, that would have been insane. No, I mean, he's terrifying looking like, man, when he's like riding, you know, has Christine at the end, you know, in the horse carriage and just like his fucking like mannerisms when he's on that horse, just like, you know, whipping the horse to get it, make it go faster and stuff. It's like, he's so fucking creepy looking. Like there's some great, mo- like, and I mean, I love his um, mask of red uh, death uh, costume as well. That's really badass looking, which they perfected. I feel like in the 2004 movie that it looks amazing in that one as well. But uh I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can ever, I mean, it, it's very, it is, like I said, it's very, Angela Lloyd Webber really took this and in my opinion, like elevated it uh, in a lot of ways, obviously. Like, I, I mean, I think this original is great, but like, I really feel like he made it better, which is, is rare to take something like the original source material and make it better, but I did. And I mean, that's why, you know, it's one of the longest running, you know, musicals, Broadway. And it's, if you can ever, if you haven't seen it and you can have the chance, it, it's really like quite a, amazing experience but one thing that they don't do in andrew Whitley weber's which obviously they can't that they're doing this the fucking chandelier crashes in the audience and just fucking crushes people to death i was like that is fucked up and terrifying especially like 1925 audience like to see that like holy shit i, I loved that scene i thought it was great yeah absolutely that was really awesome another piece of trivia that i mean some of our audience might not know i um, maybe you guys do is that uh, Lon Chaney Jr., his son, is the Wolfman. So there are multiple Lon Chaneys in the Universal Monsters lore. So very, you know, positive family as far as Universal Monsters go. So I thought that was a really cool thing that people might not know. I don't know. You know, the movies like they're this old. I know a lot of people refuse to watch anything like before 1960, you know, uh, my wife being one of them. She refuses to watch any of these movies, whereas I'm, I really dig them. I like there's like an authenticity to these movies that it can't be replicated, you know, because we're so used to seeing period pieces in today's cinema that to actually watch something from that period is there's just something authentic about it. And it makes it scarier because like you said, that makeup, we've seen makeups that are creepy a lot over the years, but there's something so creepy about this specific makeup because it's so old and it's authentic and it's, and he really like Todd said, 
he he really like hurt himself essentially to get this makeup right uh he would pull his skin he would have his eyes like wide open like taped that way and just he really suffered for his art so that he could bring this character to life and it was impressive some of the other notes i wrote like you said i love the red death costume i think it's fantastic the fact that he changes costume i thought was just really cool it's something that wasn't necessarily needed but that was awesome and i love the end about this because like the end the the whole movie is about him trying to get away because of his tricks right his lair is essentially like a an illusion house right he's a magician he can he uses traps he uses the fake walls and stuff like that to get away and i love when he's cornered by all of the different villagers he tries like to essentially trick them that he has one last magic trick like by closing his fist as if he has some kind of magic powder that'll get him out of it and people almost kind of believe it for a second there but eventually he's overwhelmed and uh and killed i thought that was a really clever way to end this movie because it it, it fit with this character and what he was trying to do throughout the film so i thought that was really awesome now d- i i i don't know if i you know maybe missed something but christine she's dead right did she die when she fell off the horse like it didn't look that bad but i it seemed like she might have been dead like i wasn't sure i i don't think so i her boyfriend i forget what her boyfriend's name is uh he didn't seem distraught enough for her to be Mm -hmm. dead you know i i don't she seemed lifeless though so like i wasn't sure you know i thought it was more exhaustion from having Mm -hmm. gone through that ordeal okay so um it cost, according online, about a million dollars to make this movie, which is about wow. seventeen million in today's money. That's crazy. Um, and it made like four million overall. But I don't know if that's in nineteen twenty-five or since it's been released. But pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, what do you guys think of the score? So obviously, the score that we're used to for Phantom of the Opera is such an iconic score, right? Andrew Lloyd Webber's score is one of the best ever, in my opinion. I think it's just absolutely haunting. So to have a different score for this story, I thought it was solid, but I kept thinking in the back of my head, I kept thinking like, oh God, I wish that Andrew Lloyd Webber like theme would come into play at some point. But I will say this, I, and this has been something throughout my whole life, I fucking love organs. Whether it's in church or at a hockey game when I was a kid, the sound of an organ always like resonated with me. I think it's creepy, but it's also great with you know with the hockey. That was fun, and it's something I wish people used more in today's scores, and they don't. Uh, you know, a lot of hockey places now play uh, I you know like regular music, and I miss that time where it was just a dude just playing the songs. You know, and churches a lot don't have the organs anymore either. They're usually like in the background like a huge fucking organ in the background but people don't play it you know it's just music they pipe over the pa system and it's it's a forgotten forgotten art i think that should be brought back because it's a creepy creepy music mm-hmm. uh the Bru- boston fans the bruins and the Red Sox both still have organists oh really is, oh, that's really, great. yeah they do it's really cool i thought it was i thought the score the organs and stuff here were were good like you said i mean it's tough because like you're waiting for that big haunting you know phantom andrew lloyd weber type music which you don't get but i thought this just reminded me of like haunted house music you know kind of like background haunted house music but like good good for like you know the time and stuff like that it was like it had like definitely the spooky 
uh, vibe going on. Nothing like overly memorable that like I can like, if I hear it again, like I'll be like, that's Phantom of the Opera. But like it did its job. Yeah, absolutely. And some of it didn't match tonally what was on, on film at the time or on the screen at the time. But I mean, yeah, serviceable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about what about stupid ass Christine pulling off his mask when he's like, <laughs> "Come on, what do you expect his, to one, his one rule? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't take <laughs> off my mask." Yeah, right. And, and the cheeky bastard, she's like fucking slowly, like got that little shitty grin on, grin on her face, and she's sneaking behind him, fucking. Yeah, he's pissed off. Like he's fuck ugly. What do you expect? Like he's mad. But uh, fuck right. Eric. Eric's a piece of shit, dude. Oh yeah, He's cool. a like you said, like a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, like I said, really softened him up. Like when he did the musical, like they tried, like because they made him like a little more handsome. You know, they did the yeah. half mask instead, so he's like handsome on one side, but kind of. So like you can kind of see why Christine was sort of like entranced by him. Whereas in this one, like he's just never a good person. Like whereas like in the other one, like he's kind of seems like oh he's like a little romantic, like kind of sweet and make him a little soft. And he does get obviously like pretty evil towards the end, but then he like his good side kind of comes out and he lets Christine, you know, go in the end and stuff like that. Um, sorry, spoilers for those of you, I guess, who have never seen the other, the Andrew the Webber Phantom. But uh, I, I liked that they just kept this just pure fucking dark and just like pure horror in this one. It was like, it was really cool to see, which I didn't know. I've never, like I said, I've never seen this ending before. So I, th- I thought it was great that they, they changed it up. What about the underwater trap that, the traps, period and... like his saw traps yeah. Where, yeah where does he have the, well a mechanical it, engineer or something like his off well time? they ex- they explained early on in the movie in one of the title cards that this opera house was built on top of like old torture chambers from like a long time ah, ago okay so yeah so i'm assuming it's just like the old torture mechanisms that were still and eric's know, just fucking around in, down in, there apparently yeah <laughs> why it's just funny why does he sleep in a coffin is he just so, so dedicated he's so dedicated <laughs> to the phantom persona that he sleeps in a coffin like I, I i was wondering that when they revealed that i was like okay i mean i took it as like there was nowhere else to sleep right so like are you gonna sleep on the floor or are you gonna well, sleep he, on like, he a has coffin? a bed in the was other room there, was there a bed okay yeah. then yeah totally just to <laughs> to make it extra crazy. he's saving the bed for sex though man <laughs> right, like, yeah. he's saving it um i thought it, I, it was probably just like a 1920s we're gonna shock you because he sleeps in the coffin kind of thing right i thought he was just being a little melodramatic bitch with it like i'm gonna mm-hmm. you know what i'm i'm gonna sleep in this coffin i'm gonna show them like I, that's what i took it oh and by the way who the fuck is this random dude just hanging out in like the like in the basement <laughs> there who just like is like he's yeah. like warning don't turn around right. don't come back like this guy just kind of like hang out down here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where'd this dude come from yeah <laughs> What did you guys think of the reveal of the um, the guy who'd been investigating the Phantom there? Like, he's kind of foreboding throughout the whole story, and then all of a sudden he reveals right. himself to be someone who's working on getting the Phantom. Like, did you, were you surprised by that? I mean, I guess I was surprised. Like, right? Like, honestly, for a lot of the time, I thought that was Joseph Bouquet. I got confused by the two of them. I thought they were the same guy quite a few times. So when he did finally reveal himself, like, oh, okay, so that's not Joseph Bouquet. Uh, all right. I was just like, it was to me like lackluster but i was like okay i'll, I'll go with it like he's helping <laughs> yeah some information that could have been brought to everyone's attention earlier <laughs> right <laughs> this guy's kidnapping people yeah and did well, you guys notice right at the, so right at the end uh, they throw the phantom or eric 
into the river right that's mm-hmm. how they dispose of him did you guys notice that three of the villagers also fall in the river and no one gives a shit <laughs> yes like... i i, re- yes, I, re- I that. did <laughs> i around re- re- it because the first guy that falls in just fucking falls in like for no reason he's he's by the edge and then he hop he does a little bunny hop I'm like what's this guy doing i hope he didn't die like maybe he's, maybe they're gonna hold him underwater make sure eric's dead i don't know but i thought that was pretty funny I just took it as like everyone was charging like so fast that like some of them just lost their balance and like fell into the water. But did they ever make like a sequel to this or anything where like the Phantom returns or anything? I don't think Quasimodo. so. Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't think so. Um, and I also want to ask you, Joe, you didn't see this in, in uh, the Broadway show, right, Todd? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Joe, was there a celebrity in your version of the phantom no no it was no. just a announce yeah when, when i saw yeah, it, just... it i think it was i think it was peter chris is one of the kiss members oh my god really? <laughs> yeah that's interesting wow. dude meatloaf would be fucking perfect mm. yeah he would have been good <laughs> he would have yeah. been, been cool fucking rocking it <laughs> yeah it is you know what i have a new respect for it. i'm even gonna bump it up after talking to you guys but uh how do you guys feel about the mom mentality at the end right or wrong just beating this fucking guy to death throw him in the river I mean, wrong by today's standards, <laughs> for sure. 1925 I mean, standards. back 1925 standards, it was probably more normal, I They're guess. Probably all you high-fived know? afterwards. Like, all right, let's go get a beer. Like, I mean, let's. he did kill a lot of people. Like, yeah. he was, right. He, you know, like, so he was like a piece of shit. So, they, I mean, they, it, you know, they took justice into their own hands. Was it the right thing to do? No, but, like, <laughs> I understand it at the same time. It's interesting too, because this one, like, there is, you guys both mentioned it, there's like no redeeming factor at all for him. None. Like, he's right. I guess you can understand he's lonely. But that's where it ends, you know? Like, you're just a fucking cocksucker, Eric. Like, <laughs> stop. Go hang out with that I'm dude. That's, go hang out with the other dude that's down there. <laughs> right. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he even let the two dudes survive. Like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised he just didn't trick Christine. Like, it seems like his MO that he would have just tricked her and killed them anyway. Right. How worthless were those guys, too? The rescue attempt. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yes. the, the whole movie is spent with them trying to save her. And it was like this random dude who's like, hey, he killed my friend. And he's the one who actually got the job done. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> those two guys were fucking pointless. You know? It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I, I love how committed they are to keeping their suit. Like even when they're dying in the inferno, he just takes <laughs> off his blazer. He doesn't even take off his fucking like a button-up shirt. You know, gotta keep it modest Yo, in 1925. Heat intolerant, tolerable <laughs> yeah. heat. Yeah, they're just they something. Good. They about look good, this. man. They look good. Yeah. They need to keep there, it together. There's something about that I like about old time and everyone wearing suits like at all times looks nice yeah yeah I'm, like I, I tell that to my grandfather all the time like he sometimes i see pictures of him and he's always in a suit and it's just like it's a different time now like people go out and they're fucking you know onesie <laughs> shopping now yeah i know now it's like crazy. i was looking at my uh great grandfather's um junior high class pictures with all of them and they're all fucking dressed like nice nicely dressed and i compared it with my junior high one from like you know 94 five or whatever seven and we're all fucking in his t-shirts and basketball shorts and just looking like fucking idiots but they're all like slick back hair big old skirts uh ties i'm like gosh damn where do we go wrong yeah Uh, another thing while watching this too is like i'm wondering like what the actors are actually saying on screen and like how close it is to like what we're getting like in the title cards i think um have you ever seen singing in the rain no there that's like a big 
plot point is like they're in the silent film age and then they go into sound so it's like hmm. they were huge in the silent era and they didn't have to really act and that was like a huge like how are they going to take us now they don't know how to act with sound with dialogue so it's hmm. kind of it's kind of a joke running gag but they would say some fucking wonky shit <laughs> right <laughs> i'm not sure how you know how true it was at the time but it was they just brought that movie up that's yeah. a good movie it's just like uh charlie brown's mom that's like they're just making those noises <laughs> <thrilling>. <laughs> yeah we good ready for a rating sure take it all right i'll i'll go first then so uh i really liked it like i really had fun watching this it was better than i expected it would be the makeup is great. You know, the story is great. Now, the pacing sometimes was a little slow. Uh, and it's not my favorite film of the monster, you know, Universal Monsters that I've seen. But uh, I still really enjoyed it. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I really liked it too. It, You know, uh, this is like a really hard movie to rate, though, at the same time. Because, like, we're going back to 1925. Like, this is not the same type of movie we're normally used to reviewing um i do agree there's definitely some pacing issues i mean even at 78 minutes like i started at times to feel okay like you know could we move along but still like i think this was a great movie for its time um just the image of lon cheney as phantom is just iconic and it's still scary to this day like it's still like i thought was awesome to see it and i just like i just loved the dark approach that i was not used to seeing with phantom so i thought it was really cool too and i'm gonna give it an eight as well yeah i mirror everything you guys said is it something i'll ever watch again probably not you know i might try one of those other remakes later on but yeah he, he's super scary in this he's a piece of shit and it, it's awesome too like seeing stuff like this especially from 25 like it, you see a movie from like you know 1916 you can research people and some of them are still alive and stuff like that no one's alive from this movie i don't think you know that'd be pretty old but it's really cool uh going their imdb profile looking what they did what their careers went where they ended up retiring things like that i always love researching stuff like that originally when i saw it some years ago i put it at like a two and I don't remember why, but now when I watched it, I put it at a three and then talking to you guys, I bumped up to a four because it's just, it's it, like you said, Joe, it's hard to rate because it's not a movie we're watching a lot of, you know, and I doubt we'll ever cover, it's to be a long time before we cover a silent film again, maybe Nosferatu in the future, but that one's hard to get through it too. It's scary, but it's also pretty hard, but yeah, I'm going to keep it eights across the board. And Christine made it all the way to 1993. So, wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think it is. she made it that far. Uh, but especially when then, did like, uh, Lon Chaney pass? Uh, 1930. So, oh, wow. That's crazy. That's, that's so he died he five was, years after this movie, huh? That, that's why he died. That's why he wasn't in Dracula because he died before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The, yeah. Which, and that was 33, I think. So, wow. How would he die of? Uh, let's see here. I had it. say? It's uh, it says no. It just says uh, throat hemorrhage. Throat. Hemorrhage. Oh, jeez. Wow. What's how, that old, mean? how old was he? Forty-seven. Wow. Okay. I mean, I feel like that was kind of old for like in a little bit in those times, but yeah, okay. they saw some shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They, he he. Yeah, they look rough for that age. You know, it's. Dang, how old was Christine? She must have been like fucking like 90 when she died. 80 or 90? Yeah, she 90. Looked, she looked 90. about 20 and 25. So. Yeah. She was 90 when she died. Wow. Good run. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to do this again, though, with the Universal Monsters. You know, maybe make it yeah. like, an, like an annual thing, maybe. Or once a year, yeah. we go through the other Universal Monsters. and we should just start in definitely. sequence. We got 
this one down, what would be next, Dracula? I think Dracula's next, yeah. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, it was a fun one. You know, I, I thought when I when we first like thought about doing Universal Monsters or even something of this era, I was a little afraid that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, you know, um, but clearly that's not the case because not only do you have the movie for itself, but then you go into the history of it and it's really fascinating all the stuff that and how influential these movies ended up being to horror and cinema so yeah yeah another one i rated low from universal would be the mummy but i'm wondering how i would rate it now especially talking with you guys about it i remember just being kind of dull yeah i'm actually watching it this week because it's one of the uh halloween horror nights houses you have the Mm. mummy wolfman and uh, dracula so the wolfman's good yeah so is dracula so it's also and of course frankenstein's amazing that's my favorite, personally. Oh yeah, it's it's superb. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely do this again. I think it's a uh... definitely. Yeah, I thought I had a lot of fun. It was it was something very different. different so yeah. I I uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and j- just a weird note. I don't know if this was just in Canada, but so I have the set of all the Universal Monsters on Blu-ray, but I was lazy and I didn't feel like pulling it out. So I tried to watch it on Tubi, which they do have a version of, and it had no score. It was just silent. Um, oh. So I, I don't know if that's just in Canada or that's you know whatever the case. So if you watch it on, just make sure that the score actually works because it's mm-hmm. important to the film. Oh, definitely. Like I don't, I my rating would probably drop significantly if it was just complete dead silence. You know what I mean? That uh, the score definitely adds something. It makes it yeah, that, that'd be hard. To more watch. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, next week, end of days. Yes, <laughs> that is right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so next week is Steve's birthday pick as we review End of Days. Spoiler alert, we already recorded it because <laughs> me and Steve are going to be at Halloween Horror Nights next week. So instead of taking the week off, we recorded early for you guys. So uh, well, you guys will have an episode to listen to next week. Don't forget our uh, events coming up October 15th with Damien Maffei in Salem, Massachusetts at Silver Moon Comics. And then uh, from 1 to 5, and then our event with Omri Katz October 22nd from one to five at silver moon comics and then followed by our sold out screening of hocus pocus with a q a with the armory at 7 p.m with the whole squad we'll be there so we're very excited for that other than that don't forget to follow us on uh discord that is the absolute best way to keep up with everything the horror squad podcast all you gotta do is just you know send us a private message on any of our social medias facebook twitter instagram the horror squad podcast and we will send you a direct link to join the discord also shout out to chuck which we haven't even mentioned uh, he made um some new new merch from us he made a sleepaway camp inspired horror squad logo so you can go check that out over on our t public um it's an amazing logo so thank you chuck so much for doing that for us it's really cool other than that you can send us an email the horror squad podcast at gmail.com if you want to go that way and i think that's about it so we will see you guys next week for arnie schwarzenegger's end of days Bye. See ya. Bye.
Lot 666, a chandelier in pieces. Some of you may recall the strange affair of the Phantom of the Opera. Gentlemen. <laughs>